Welcome to the Storyline Podcast, where we are talking to global leaders about God's global mission. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Kirby Holmes, and today we have a fascinating conversation with a friend of mine named Vitaly Agarodnikov. And uh, Vitaly is a Russian man living in Siberia. In this interview, you'll hear him tell his story about coming to faith in Christ in the early 1990s. At that point, it was difficult to even find a church building. Uh, but you'll hear him talk now uh, how not only is he serving as a missionary and uh, some of the needs within Russia, but how uh, he sees a perspective of the Russian church beginning to understand their role as a sending country. Uh, Russians being sent to fulfill the Great Commission and to reach the unreached in our world. Let's get started. Uh, This is Kirby Holmes. As you know, I'm the director of Slavic Partnerships for Storyline, and uh, I'm sitting here in Austin, Texas, and uh, my friend Vitaly traveled all the way to Texas from Krasnoyarsk, Siberia. And uh, we've met uh, in the past, and it's just a great opportunity for us to have a conversation about missions, especially missions from Russia, and I hear from Vitaly about what's going on in the Russian church and his perspective on the Great Commission as a Russian Christian. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Vitaly. Well, as Kirby said, my name is Vitaly. I live in a place called Krasnoyarsk, which is in Siberia. It's about 2,500 miles east from Moscow, so it's really far away. But I am um, a missionary with an organization called Global Service Network, which has tried to do help me to do online ministries as well as reach orphans for Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Vitaly, you and I were uh, looking at pictures of your family earlier. Tell me a little bit about your family. I have uh, three children. My oldest son, is his name is Timothy. He is 10 years old. My second son is Elisha. He is six. And we recently had a daughter, which is she's one year old, and her name is Mila. So I have three kids. I really enjoy them. They're very fun. And they always like to play and have fun with me. So we have great times. Yeah. And what's kind of cool is your wife, Julia, uh, she used to work for a Christian organization. And I used to work for that same organization in Russia. And so we served in ministry together when I was living in Russia. And so it's great to have a connection, not just to you, but to your wife and to your whole family. Yeah. So, yeah, my wife, she was part of Campus Crusade, and that's she was actually the, one of the first guys who came to Siberia to start the ministry with students. And that's how we got together, got mm-hmm. connected. I became a volunteer, and later I joined staff with Campus Crusade and was staff for seven years. Mm-hmm. That was quite a journey, and I've seen God work, and so many people come to know Him in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. So it was very exciting to be part. Well, one question that I want to ask you, because I think a lot of Christians in America and other parts of the world, but we're always curious to find out about your story of coming to faith. I think a lot of us uh, knew that during the time of the Soviet Union, it was very difficult to have faith in Christ, or um, there were persecutions, or uh, it just wasn't the safe thing to do. And the last 25 years with the Russian Federation and a new constitution, you have freedom of religion in Russia. But so tell us, you know, how did you eventually come to faith in Christ? A little bit of the back, yeah. background. Yeah, I was born in the Soviet Union and that was always at that stage closed for the gospel. 
at that time time frame. I grew up in a normal family. My father uh, was a, a dentist and my mother was a pharmacist. So they were very hardworking people. And uh, they never told me anything about the church, about Christian faith or about God or Jesus. Uh, that we never had any spiritual discussions in our family. So I, I never knew any Christians. I, knew, I never knew any church um, except maybe I heard about the Orthodox Church. Um, and so uh, in 1989, my father uh, took me to watch Jesus film and we went uh, and it was very exciting to see the Jesus and I remember Jesus film and I remember praying at the end of the film. But since there was no fellowship uh, and uh, follow up, I was sort of left, uh, w you know, w with my spiritual journey where I was and I couldn't connect to the church. I didn't know any Christians. And so I, I was just by myself, believing in God, but not really connected to, to, to the church or anything like that. And so God had a plan, uh, and my grandmother became a Christian. She found the church, and eventually she traveled to our place where we lived, and God led her to find the church. It was not easy because she would go on the bus and would ask people, and nobody would tell her. And eventually she found the construction site and then she asked people there about the church and they gave her an address of a, of a, of a church, of a street where the church was and it was just an ordinary house. You would never think it's a church. But um, that was the first sort of home church that I started to attend. And yes, as time you know, went by, we moved to a bigger, to, a, to that construction site, which was a church, uh, it was uh, finished and we were able to grow to from 100 to 700. So that's how my Christian life was sort of developed. And this is where I grew spiritually in that church. And all of this was in the city of Krasnoyarsk? Yeah, it was in the city of Krasnoyarsk in 1993, 1994. Okay. So. so in the early 90s, it was hard to find a church building to even go to gather with other Christians at that point. Yes, and even today, it's, it's very hard to find doesn't matter where you live in St. Petersburg, Moscow, Krasnoyarsk. You you could always find the Orthodox Church. It's all over the place, but mm -hmm. it's very hard to find evangelical church. There are churches, home churches, but also buildings, but not as many, and it's sometimes hard to find. Yeah. But at that stage, it was almost impossible to find the church. Well, and I'm sure you didn't grow up, you know, with your parents thinking that you would do full-time Christian ministry. And so at what point do you feel like God really led you into full-time ministry? How, how, what did that look like in your life? Yeah, I, like, I never thought of um, becoming a missionary. I had a chance to go to South Africa to do after I graduated the school. Uh, and I had a chance to go to South Africa for one year to do missions work. But that's, that was about it. That, in my mind back then, I thought that's you know, my... Uh, Part to God that I had to do, and I was glad to. I was so excited to serve the Lord there in South Africa. But I didn't plan on becoming a missionary. I didn't sort of hope to become a missionary. But I was involved, like I said, with Campus Crusade as a volunteer. And after I graduated university, because I was studying computer science to be a software developer, after I graduated the university, I, I was approached by Campus Crusades that stuff, but also in my heart I felt like God is calling me. And it wasn't easy because I was always worrying about the support and how God will take care of my needs. But God, God 
was always faithful and he provided although we had hard times and good times and but that was always with us and uh, providing and helping us and giving us wisdom how to move and so that that's it's been almost 15 years or so mm-hmm. and I never regretted mm-hmm. that I you know went this path and so I know your ministry for most of those years, you're working with students, uh, wanting to share Christ with them, uh, but you've also kind of turned your ministry into kind of what you trained yourself at the university, which is in computers, and you're trying to use the computer as a way to access uh, those who are curious or have questions about their faith in Christ. So I know you're doing internet ministry. Uh, I also know you commit to orphan ministry and uh, serve uh, orphans. One of the things that you and I have been talking about today has been about the Russian church and their ability to do foreign missions and cross-cultural missions. And, you know, the Great Commission requires us to go to every nation, every people group. And as we see this sort of transformation around the world of um, what used to be the mission fields, you know, Russia in the last 25 years has been kind of a mission field and you've had lots of missionaries come to Russia. Uh, But at the same time, uh, the church has been growing in Russia and their aspirations, and you guys read your Bible the same way we do, where it says, you know, go and make disciples of all nations. And so Russia could become a sending nation, uh, especially with maybe some of its political and economic alliances in the world that um, really America or the West doesn't have those kinds of relationships with some of those countries. And you guys have access in a way to parts of the world that we don't. So tell me some about your perspective of Russians and missionary service in the world. Well, yeah, it's you're right. It's it's been for a long time. Russia was a country that accepted different missionaries from not just America, but Germany, Australia, and other countries, um, Europe. Um, and I really uh, believe that God is challenging uh, Russian Church to look around the world and see the countries and opportunities. Um, and of course, uh, the Great Commission is something that motivates us. And I see, and I think that the Russian church, they see the challenge and they realize the need, especially to the unreached people groups in Russia, but also outside of Russia. And so many churches are praying for different nations and sometimes they want to take part and sometimes they, they don't know how. Sometimes the churches are very focused on their own local region because there's so much need still in Russia itself with orphans, with poor people, with uh, sometimes issues with Orthodox Church, because sometimes the Orthodox Church is the church that sort of oppose the evangelical church in many ways. So sometimes the I would say the Russian churches focus on inner problems or inner needs. But many people see the opportunities to travel and share the, with faith, especially like, for example, our church, we have an outreach in Mongolia. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people go to uh, some stunned countries like Kazakhstan and uh, Kyrgyzstan and some other country, stunned countries, which are mostly Muslim countries. Mm-hmm. But with Mongolia, I heard many stories of, uh, you know, where our church went and we did camps with the kids and many kids heard the gospel, but um, heard the gospel and also um, were connected to a church and church sort of took care of them. In the long run, mm-hmm. so so that's where I see that sometimes we focus on the, on the need we have within Russia, but also there are people within 
within Russian church that have a greater vision and bigger dreams and are not afraid of to dream big and trusting that the Lord will provide the finances and resources to go in other parts of the world, in other countries. So, Yeah, I think that's what is so unique about what God's doing in the world right now is you have a place like Russia, which in the mindset of you know many Americans or Western Christians, we would think, you know, there's still our great needs in Russia and uh, you know, are we are we continuing to send missionaries to Russia? But it is really empowering or insightful to understand that you guys are uh, looking at the scriptures, following what the Spirit's calling you to, and starting to send. Like you even said, your local church in Krasnoyarsk in Siberia is you're sending teams to Mongolia and to other Muslim areas that used to be a part of the Soviet Union, but now are independent countries. You guys have access to those countries. Like that's what's really fascinating to me about what's happening around the world. Is there anything else you want to say about um, some of the difficulties about that kind of work for Russia, or some of the fears maybe that um, just every you know ordinary Christians have about missions? Yeah, like myself, but I know many people who want to do the missions. They always worry about the finances, and sometimes the church is so focused on their problems within within the church, like building a new building or, uh, you know, providing for the poor, because there are many poor people in Russia, there are many orphans, there are many people who need help. And sometimes the church sees the, the, the you know, the goal is to help those needy ones. And it, it seems to me that sometimes you, you, I have a feeling it never ends, this, this need never ends. It's always new people who need something or, have problems or especially with orphans it seems like there's always orphans um, uh, and so I think that sometimes the difficult part for the church is you know embrace this bigger vision of how God sees the world that there are many people not in Russia but outside of Russia and so have the bigger heart mm-hmm. and dream big for um, so that's a challenge for the Russian church I see and I hope that God is will move and change uh, many hearts of Russian believers that they will have a bigger perspective of what um, you know God can do and sometimes people are afraid that won't be able to raise the money because the church like I said is focused on uh, maybe expanding a new building or building investing and in building other churches because there are not so many churches in Russia mm-hmm. but uh, I do see that there are um, Christians who take initiative of going other places and um, not afraid of learning a new language and embracing new culture and you know be a missionary so there are people maybe not as many yet but there's a can be a prayer request you know that God will raise up more leaders and more Russian believers who would have a really big perspective and big dreams of what God can do around the world yeah thanks so much for that I I agree with you I think there's going to be a whole group of Russian Christians, and it's going to be growing over time, uh, but I really feel like you guys can be so effective as missionaries because you're so generous. Uh, you tend to be very loving of people who are different uh, from you a lot of times. You're adventurous people, and and also you're, you're willing to be uh, patient with things when they aren't working like you want them to. Uh, you're very patient people, and that's what it takes sometimes to do cross-cultural ministry is to be patient and uh, to endure uh, difficulty and hard times. 
Um, but then when you, you bring that kind of Russian soul of uh, generosity to the world, I think it's going to be very effective in missions that God can use who you are uniquely as a culture uh, as you reach out to other nations and other people uh, within Russia and um, in the nations near you. Yeah. So fascinating opportunity for you and the church in Russia yeah. in the missions world. I just, yeah, I agree with you. And I, I know that God is he's doing a lot of work within Christians in Russia, and I believe he can do even more. And so, so that's my prayer for the Russian believers that they will be open to, you know, to the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit will be their priority. That they will know what God, God's will for their lives, and will be willing to sacrifice and, and go and, you know, be there for the people. Even sometimes you just, you know, if you just need to pray, that they will be willing to just pray and fast and just be there. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes. You have to just be there, and just the presence uh, of you there is already a testimony for the people. So, like I said, I, I I truly think that God has a plan, and He can use any Russian who is willing to go, who is willing to serve, and and that's again God's doing, not us. We are not special, mm-hmm. but everybody's special who who are willing to submit to God and be His instruments. So. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much. This is very insightful. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. Well, fascinating conversation today. I'm glad you were with us on today's podcast. Hey, listen, if you have been joining us on our podcast from someplace in the world, um, we can see that there are people listening to the Storyline podcast in Japan and in Canada and Germany and France, Uh, just a global audience for this podcast. We would love to hear from you. How have these conversations uh, helped move you forward in considering missions from your country? Send us a message at info at storylinemissions.org. That is info at storylinemissions.org. We would love to hear from our global audience about how this podcast is impacting you and your thoughts about missions. Thanks.